A few years back, History of the Saints began production of seven seasons of a documentary television series titled History of the Saints. Season one, Foundations of the Restoration. Season two, Joseph Smith's Kirtland. Season three, From Pentecost to Persecution, the Missouri Years. And season four, Joseph Smith's Nauvoo. Then three more seasons telling the story of Brigham Young and the Saints, beginning with the Nauvoo Exodus in 1846, titled Gathering to the West. Then Building Zion. And finally, The Kingdom Endures. Altogether, over 100 hours of Latter-day Saint pioneer history. For these and all of History of the Saints books and DVD products, visit us at historyofthesaints.org. Welcome to the History of the Saints podcast. My name is Glenn Rawson, series host. What you are about to listen to is an episode about the documentary history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This episode is one of more than 250 presentations from 1805 and the birth of Joseph Smith the Prophet through 1877 and the death of Brigham Young. This series interviews some of the finest scholars of our time and presents the latest in historical research and facts as it relates to early Latter-day Saint history. And it comes from the long-running, highly acclaimed television documentary series, History of the Saints. If you have a desire to learn the history in depth and detail, then this podcast is for you. Thank you for joining us. She was a woman who was devoted to her family, honored her parents, um, wanted to do the right thing, but also, as we see from other records, very devoted, devoted to her husband, devoted to her children, devotion to God and religion, and willing to suffer incredible things um, in the name of family. It's our intent in this series to talk not just about the prophet Joseph Smith, but about the history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, those other people and events that contributed to that history. Well, one of those whose contribution is incalculable is Emma Hale. An early revelation referred to Emma as an elect lady whom I have called. This episode of History of the Saints is about the elect lady, Emma Hale Smith, those early years with her family and when she first met Joseph. Her family comes from England and they were part of that uh, separatist movement you know, that became the pilgrims in America that we're so familiar with. And they followed Jonathan Lathrop in England and they turned away from the Church of England. They came over to America. Some of the beginning settlers uh, arrived in Massachusetts and tried to make their way in Massachusetts. And most of that was her mother's family, the Lewis family, that was very much involved in those religious religious activities. Her father's family, the Hale family, or the Hild family, was more interested in economic prospects in America, and that's what brought them to America, but they also became uh, somewhat religiously involved uh, when they were here. And Emma's family eventually all settled around New Haven, Connecticut. Isaac Hale's mother passed away when he was just a lad. He was raised by his grandparents. 
When he came of age, Isaac served for a time in the American Revolution. And then, after that, he heard of new land down on the Susquehanna River. Isaac uh, buys a small log cabin that's been built there by a fellow named Edward Bennett. And uh, that cabin is just recently built, but Isaac needs that because in his mind, he sees that in order to get married, you need to be able to provide a home and a living. And that's a customary perspective. And so Isaac does that the same thing. And he heads back north to Vermont uh, where he marries Elizabeth Lewis. Hale was a mighty hunter. In fact, he came from Vermont and fixed his home in this new region for the purpose of pursuing game in the Harmony Woods. Reverend George Peck. July 10th, 1804. Elizabeth Lewis Hale delivered a child, a baby girl. They named her Emma. She was born the third girl and the seventh of nine children. When Emma was born... Uh, She was born into a family that typically named their children after other family members. Her younger sister, Trial, was named after an aunt. Her brother, David, was named after an uncle. Other members of the family, such as Reuben, was named after his grandfather. And there are these family connections with a number of them. But there's not an Emma in the family. We don't know where her parents came up with that name. But as Emma grew up, she was known casually by nicknames. Some of her friends called her Emmy, and others called her M. But it appears like publicly she preferred Emma. That's the name that she appears under in formal correspondence and other information. We know from the history that in 1825, Joseph Smith Jr. and his father came to the Susquehanna Valley to dig for buried treasure. What would they be looking for treasure there for? Because there were Native American burials there. And Daniel Buck and some other individuals up north, including the Harper family, had plowed up some of these burial sites and they had found silver pendants that the Indians wore as part of their jewelry. And even one individual claimed to have found gold. He found a gold ring that they took and had it examined and they found gold in one of these sites. And so they're then looking for burial goods, essentially. Grave robbing, we'd call that today. Now, somewhere along the way, there are some rumors. In the late 1700s, there's a place downstream known as Spanish Hill, and people believe that the Spaniards have come into this area early on. And this place down river, uh, Spanish Hill, uh, uh, some armor has turned up that could be either French or Spanish, and crucifixes and other things uh, seem most likely to be French in origin. Well, um, somehow they get the idea that there was a Spanish silver mine here in this area. Well, as you can understand, Josiah Stoll wanted that treasure. And in keeping with that, he heard stories of a young man up in the area of Manchester, New York, who had a gift a seer stone, the ability to find buried treasure and other things which were lost. Josiah Stoll then hires Joseph Jr. to come down to look in his hat at that stone and help them find that silver. And they hire Joseph Smith Sr. as well. In the month of October 1825, 
I hired with an old gentleman by the name of Josiah Stowell. He had heard something of a silver mine having been opened by the Spaniards in harmony. He took me with the rest of his hands to dig for the silver mine. Joseph Smith. His father was about to lose his land at the time. So they're very invested in going down and making money to help save their land. Joseph Jr., while he's down there, first meets Emma Hale. She's a little older than him, and uh, Isaac has another daughter, Trial, that's a little younger than Joseph. Uh, Trial's blonde hair, blue eyes, attractive, but Emma, people who knew her, describe her dark brown, olive eyes, dark hair color, olive complexion. George A. Smith says that she was the most beautiful woman in the universe. The neighbors of Joseph Smith in Manchester, New York, say that she's the most beautiful woman that they'd ever seen. She's the one that attracts his attention. Joseph Wendy called Mr. Smith and myself aside and told us that he had felt so lonely ever since Alvin's death that he had come to the conclusion of getting married, if we had no objections. And he thought that no young woman that he ever saw or was acquainted with was better calculated to render the man of her choice happy than Miss Emma Hale. Lucy Mack Smith. A few years back, History of the Saints began production of seven seasons of a documentary television series titled History of the Saints. Season one, Foundations of the Restoration. Season two, Joseph Smith's Kirtland. Season three, from Pentecost to Persecution, the Missouri Years, and Season 4, Joseph Smith's Nauvoo. Then, three more seasons telling the story of Brigham Young and the Saints, beginning with the Nauvoo Exodus in 1846, titled Gathering to the West, then Building Zion, and finally, The Kingdom Endures. Altogether, over 100 hours of Latter-day Saint pioneer history. For these and all of History of the Saints books and DVD products, Visit us at historyofthesaints.org. One of the customary ways of courting young women at the time was to write letters to them. You know, if poetry, if you could, if not, at least you would express flowery things to the young woman. And Emma in later life purportedly said that Joseph Smith couldn't even write a well-worded letter at this point in time. Well, how did she know that? She read some of his letters, possibly letters written to her as part of this courting process. There are some later reminiscences that she was well-educated, and we actually find confirmation for that in the documents because the letters that she wrote and some other documents that she left behind, she was a good speller, for example. She was uh, skilled in using a pen and could write well. Uh, those are the kinds of things that you learned uh, while attending school. Uh, so that seems to suggest that she indeed had attended school for a good period of time and that she uh, was good at school. Various individuals, including one of Stoll's sons, later recall that Joseph went to two different schools during this time period, trying to get all the education he could. He's studying overtime in between his work responsibilities, presumably so that he can make himself presentable to Emma. The courting progresses. Uh, Joseph's able to borrow a sleigh from one of the night boys. 
uh, that he can drive down uh, to meet with Emma, but uh, he lives quite a distance away from her, and it would take him several hours each way to just go down and court her. So he can't do that just after hours of work. He, he has to fit that into scheduled periods when he's not working. At some point in time, he asks her father, Isaac Hale, for her hand in marriage. The evidence is just that he asked once, um, but once was enough to get the answer, that, uh, which was no, he wasn't going to marry her. Young Smith made several visits at my house and at length asked my consent to his marrying my daughter Emma. This I refused and gave my reasons for so doing, some of which were he was a stranger and followed a business that I could not approve. Isaac Hale. If, as we look at all of Emma's siblings, as they marry people, they marry somebody that lives very close in the area. As a matter of fact, one of her brothers marries the girl next door to the east, and another brother marries the girl next door, two doors to the west. Um, and uh, most of the most of them are very, very close. Uh, some are a little bit uh, further in the valley, but they all end up settling very close to uh, Isaac Hill's family. So you get a sense of this very close family and that Joseph's not really part of that. He's an outsider. And that helps explain the Joseph's a stranger part. Uh, but the second part is that uh, he, he, Isaac couldn't approve of his activities that he was involved in. And it seems that that's largely uh, the treasure digging that was going on earlier, but it may also have included uh, Joseph's religious uh, beliefs at this time. Joseph now has been told no, he can't marry Emma. It was customary at the time to marry in the bride's home, in the parlor, in that part of Pennsylvania. And so they don't have a place to marry. They don't have, um, he doesn't have a girl to marry because her father has said no. A prominent minister at the time had actually uh, eloped and married his wife without any parental consent, and they'd gone and done it in another uh, village, and uh, he had written a book and actually encouraged other people to do the same thing. Joseph in love and Emma in love. One wonders if uh, he was robbing the cradle. She was 22. And he was 21, and the Justice of the Peace Manual said that uh, the fellow needs to be at least 17, and uh, the uh, young lady at least 14. There at Josiah Stoll's home, Emma said that Joseph had talked to her, and, uh, and Josiah Stoll talked to her, and they convinced her that it was a good thing. And uh, she said, well, and uh, desiring to marry him more than any other man I had ever met, uh, they, they were married. Uh, we have an account uh, which uh, was uh, given uh, of seeing them go by in a sleigh uh, accompanied by Josiah Soule Jr. and two of Josiah's daughters. And uh, they crossed the river on the ice at uh, the Wilcox Place and uh, went up uh, to uh, South Bainbridge in the home of Zachariah Tarbell, Justice of the Peace. 
And there, Zachariah Tarbell uh, performed the marriage ceremony. As casual as it may sometimes sound, Emma's decision to marry Joseph Smith was anything but a casual one. She had to have known something of what it would cost her. Emma really is the first person in the restored church to have to make a serious sacrifice uh, to, uh, because of the church, because she gives up everything. Her family, her goods that she doesn't know she'll ever get back, uh, her friends, her social network, everything uh, to marry Joseph. There's enough in the record, including especially Joseph Knight's autobiography and things like that, that lead us to, to the idea that Joseph's not only interested in Emma as a, a beautiful girl, somebody who can sing great or something like that. He thinks of her as this person, this ally that he needs. She's the one. She's the one that will help him, that will make him equal to the responsibilities and challenges that are going to come onto his shoulders. Smith, uh, who uh, did not have a wagon or a, a horse at that end of the situation, I asked Josiah Stoll if he wouldn't uh, please take them up uh, to be with his father and mother in, in Manchester in the frame home. They wouldn't have gone back to the Hales because the, uh, Isaac Hale was understandably very disappointed and that he had carried his daughter off into the state of New York without his saying that that, that would be all right. There are newspapers that were pasted on the wall on a small room outside of the kitchen that date to the time period when Joseph and Emma returned uh, to that area. And there's uh, physical evidence that they had separated part of the space out as a separate parlor for Joseph and Emma. So it helps shape our understanding of how that space worked, uh, you know, as uh, all these events unfold in, in Joseph and Emma's lives. Keep in mind that Emma was raised in a very well-off family. Her father made a lot of money shipping meat downriver to Philadelphia. Some was shipped down to Baltimore, and some of it looks like it was shipped all the way to Europe. Uh, uh, and they made quite a bit of money, enough to, that they lived in what uh, Lucy Mac Smith described as a mansion that had every appurtenance necessary, every convenience that you could imagine that she lived in. Uh, she also had goods of her own. Uh, so this is a young woman who's used to living in comfort, used to having access to money, and now she's moved into poor circumstances, into a poor family. In August uh, of that year, before the plates had been retrieved, Emma had written her father and said, Is my dowry still mine? Is my milch cow still mine? And uh, Isaac Hale conveyed uh, and said, uh, Certainly, they're yours. Uh, come down. Joseph hires a neighbor, Peter Ingersoll, to take them down. Uh, to go and get some of Emma's things. She's written to her father and asked if she can have her things. Now, we often think of those things being things that Emma had 
earned herself and had purchased herself. Um, it may have been some things that her parents owed her culturally because of her marriage. We, we today call that a dowry. Peter Ingersoll later recalled that Isaac came out uh, very unhappy saying, you took away my daughter. When we had arrived at Mr. Hale's, a scene presented itself truly affecting. His father-in-law addressed Joseph in a flood of tears. You have stolen my daughter and married her. I'd much rather have followed her to her grave. Peter Ingersoll. And Isaac at this time uh, either offered or somehow there was a negotiation that anyway at the, the end product was that uh, Joseph and Emma agreed that they would come back down and live with Isaac Hill on his property. And so Joseph and Emma then go back north. Uh, it was August, uh, end of August by that time, or already into September. And uh, in September, Joseph's got to meet uh, Moroni again at the Hill Camorra. And according to some accounts, uh, Moroni had told Joseph the last time they met that he needed to bring somebody with him to get the plates and he could then get the plates or otherwise he'd never get them and that he'd know that somebody when he saw them and it uh, turned out to be Emma. And Emma waited at the, the base and uh, said that she uh, it was said that she offered prayer there while Joseph Smith uh, went up on the, the hillside short of the top on the west side and the north side west side and there he uh, met uh, with the angel who gave him final instructions as to uh, his course of action. And then uh, he secreted the, the plates uh, in a birch log uh, in the, uh, going back uh, because he was aware that certain people knew and uh, were aware of the, and were watching. Uh, Joseph's family uh, observes this happening. He doesn't seem to include them as much in this inner circle of details and tell them oh, what's going on as much as he seems to include Emma. Uh, she's his very close confidant, uh, but she's also somebody that seems fully invested in these experiences. Uh, she clearly believes Joseph is going to get the plates before she goes. Uh, she seems to already by this time have a testimony of the things that he's told her. And thus begins Emma's journey with Joseph. Now we'll come back and talk more of Emma later. But in our next episode, Joseph finally gets the record. I'm Glenn Rawson, and we'll see you then. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on what you have listened to, please go to historyofthesaints.org. The History of the Saints team that produced this podcast has also produced numerous books and full-length documentaries on early Latter-day Saint church history and the key figures that made that history. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. This podcast of History of the Saints has been produced by Dennis Lyman and Glenn Rawson. History of the Saints is a 501c3 nonprofit organization.